You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. I want to open from Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3. We're going to read it from the New King James Version. And I want to set this up in the little bit of time that we have together. Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3. It's a, it's a passage of Scripture that you, you would have heard numerous times. It says, Behold... How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You know, Pastor Jonathan Fontanarosa from Edge Church, a church that we look to as a model church in the way that we, we build things. He says, you, you either build by design or you build by default. That we either intentionally build and we intentionally design or we are just left with the, the common denominator. And things left to their own devices end up in decay. Unless, of course, it's a McDonald's cheeseburger, which doesn't decay no matter how long you leave it out. Apparently, not that I would want to find out. I would eat that cheeseburger before it had the, time, had the chance. But things left to their own devices decay. So we want to build the culture of our house by intentional design. Designing who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. David McCracken, who was here with us in November last year, he said... That our church is entering a new era, not, not a new season or a new chapter, but a new era. Yeah. This isn't turning the page and writing from the next page. This is a new era. And tonight, what I want to do in the time that we have together is I want to intentionally build by design our definition of the church. I want to intentionally build our definition of the church because I think the definition of the church is something that we think we know, but perhaps we're just a little bit off course. And tonight, I want to make it as plain as day. What Generation City Church defines as the church. What is the church? It's so easy for us to look at and go, well, the church is, is, is this building. This is a church. It's a building. Simply a building with four walls, one, two, three, or depending on where you are in the building, there could be more walls, but it's four walls. This, there is nothing special about this place. There is nothing special about this auditorium. This auditorium is not holy. It is not. Last night, it could have housed a nightclub. It could house some extremely unholy things. There are churches around the world that gather on Sunday mornings in nightclubs that are still have wet carpet from beer being dropped on the floor. Does that make that building any less holy than ours, which is a 100% dedicated church? Absolutely not. Because you see, the church is not just a building. The church is people. We are the church. We are the church. And what we do is we come and we gather on Sundays together as the church. We don't need a building. It's when God's people, who is us, when we gather together, we together are the church. It's interesting when you, when you see 
our, our, um, the five pillars of our church. The five pillars of our church, we see a church that's hungry for God. We see a church that loves the Bible, is unified with an unshakable love for one another, has a huge heart for the lost and broken, and is passionate about discipleship. When, when we read that, we already know that it's about people. Because it's not about a building, because a building is not going to be hungry for God. Like, let's be honest. A building is not going to read the word, and a building is not going to provide love and care for someone. It really isn't. So we already know when we talk about those things that, that it's about people. And we can actually become a church that embodies every facet of that vision. We can. It's not just pie in the sky. It's not just something great that we like to spruik about or, hey, we don't know what to do for 18 months in our connect group. Let's go through these five pillars. But we can actually become this kind of church. But what's it going to take? It's going to take the people who call Generation City Church their home, the church, to embody that vision one person at a time. Colossians 1, verse 15 to 18. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Recently, that those five pillars, those five, that five-pillar statement, you may have noticed, has gone from the church I see to the church we see. Now, there's nothing wrong with that vision being the church I see because that vision has come out of the heart of our senior pastors and we're partnering with that vision, running after it and pursuing it because he is the one that God has put in place to lead our house. So there's nothing wrong with it being I. But in order for us to partner together, we've changed it to we. Because there's so much more ownership when it comes to we. I think for too long, we can get ourselves caught in a them and they mindset. But one of the things that we want to have in place, it might sound really silly. You might think, well, that's obvious, Joel. But let's make it plain. Let's make it plain. Instead of there being a them and they, what about us and we? Because it's not them and they that are the church. It is us and we. That's why we've gone to we, the church that we see. You may have seen a hashtag. A hashtag, you may not even know what a hashtag is. Ida, do you know what a hashtag is? No, no idea what a hashtag is. It's not something like it with a cigarette with the hash or anything like that or the <laughs> a hashtag. <laughs> a hashtag. Something that we've been using, we've been even using it on a Friday night as well, is that we are Generation City Church. We are Gen City Church. It's not a them and they, it's we and it is us. I love what Pastor Marty said this morning. That we are not a church with a minister but a church of ministers. 
We're not a church with a minister. We are a church of ministers. And what that means is, is the church, the church is not Pastor Marty and Pastor Margo. That is not who the church is. John O and I are not the church. Our paid staff are not the church. We together are the church. We. One of the, a, 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 a comment that I, I, I heard uh, at some stage last year, I can't even remember when, was a comment to the effect of, what's the church doing about that? But in actual fact, the real statement is, what are we doing about that? It's not what is the church doing, but what are we doing together? And tonight, we want to empower you as the church. You are a minister. You don't need to have a credential. You don't need to have been to Bible college to be a minister. But you are a minister because the spirit of the sovereign Lord rests upon you. Isaiah 61. Come on, let's read this together. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He's on me. We can personalize this. He's on me because the Lord has anointed me. It doesn't say he's anointed the senior pastor. It doesn't say that he has anointed the pastoral staff, but he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. To provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. The Spirit of the Lord, the Sovereign Lord, is upon you. It is upon you because He has anointed you. He's anointed you to proclaim, to declare, to minister on behalf of him. And as a minister, you are empowered to love and care for those around you. It's not about what's the church doing in this situation. You know, a great story. I'm going to, I'm going to edit this down as best as I possibly can to Preserve um, an 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 I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, something. Where is it? I took a photo of it so I could look at it. I had this message come through, and this this is the church being the church. Just wanted to let you know about this situation. And there's a bit of information about that situation. I went to spend time with this person, and I'm staying in close contact with them. I've got a group of people surrounding them, but I wanted to let you know. That is the church being the church. I didn't make a phone call to someone. I didn't, make, uh, I, I didn't ask someone to do anything. But someone became aware of a situation and took it upon themselves to be the church. We can be the church together. We can do this together.
Because it's not about what is the church doing, but what are we doing? You know, we, we value communication and, and we, we, we want to know as much as possible, where possible, what's going on. But unfortunately, in a church the size that we are, it is impossible for us to adequately care for everyone using just our paid pastoral team. You are not a minister because you are paid. You're a minister because the Spirit of the Lord rests upon you. Yes. So connect leaders. You are empowered to care for your group. You are empowered to care. One of the other things that I just want to talk to you about as well is that, again, just wanting to align where we're going and defining so we're in unity behind the vision of what we see as the church. We, we had a situation last year where a comment was made, my connect group cares but the church don't. The last time I checked, your connect group and your connect leader came to generation, comes to Generation City Church. My connect group cares, but the church don't. See, what that is, is a skewed definition of what the church actually is. And tonight... We want to empower you to partner with us as part of the team. You know, we've got a whole bunch of people at the moment who have said, you know what, I'd love to be involved in calling some people during the week and encouraging them. I'd love to write cards. I'd love to be a part of that. And the language that we've given them is just when you call, you say, hi, it's Joel. I'm part of the team at Generation City Church. We are all part of the team. Tonight, this is a team gathering, and together, we can be the church. We can be the church. Imagine, imagine what it would look like if we all grabbed a hold of this definition of what the church is and could run with it. That it's not, hey, can the church provide this or... Or can, can, the, can the church maybe do this? But, but maybe if you become aware of someone who is in need, what's stopping you from perhaps gathering some people around you and saying, you know what, I've become aware of this person who's in, 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 in hospital. Let's be the church together. Rather than, this might sound really... in your face but again it's just trying to make it plain it's a shift in mindset and it's the creation of a culture that says you, you know what i'm going to gather some people and we're going to be the church together we can do this we can do this because we are generation city church together we are generation city church you are empowered to care for people i want to just Pull this in on this last scripture passage. And I wonder if you would come with me to Luke 8. Luke 8 verses, uh, from verse 40. Luke 8 and from verse 40. 
It says, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. When a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. The woman came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. We opened our time together tonight looking at Psalm 133. If we can just have that one back up on the screen, Ben. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Let's keep clicking it through. It's like, here we go. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. Running down on the edge of his garment. You know, I, I, I believe with all my heart that if we can grasp this definition of the church and actually embody it and move forward with it together in unity, we will see the oil flow like in this picture in Psalm 133 down the head over the beard and to the edge of his garment. This woman with the issue of the blood, she grabbed onto the edge of Jesus' garment. So we are the body. The church is the body. And I want to leave us with this thought tonight. That I am the edge of the garment. I am the edge of the garment. We are the edge of the garment. That when people come into contact with us, we are the edge of the garment that is attached to Jesus' body, which is the church. That together, we are the edge of the garment. All this woman did was reach out and grab a hold of this garment. And immediately she was made well and she was made whole. Imagine, imagine Generation City Church functioning as the church. A church of ministers, not just a church with a minister. That when people, even people within our church, those that are on the fringe, perhaps those that are, are just making their way into our services at the moment and are a little bit on the out, a bit on the edge or wherever we find ourselves in, in our Monday. That when people come into contact with us, they experience the life changing power of Jesus 
because we actually functioned as the church. Imagine. It can actually happen. But what it's going to take is a shift in our mindset. It's going to make us uncomfortable. But this is a concept that is heavenly birthed of how the church should function. It talks about in Ephesians 4 that, that he, he, he gave apostles, prophets, teachers, uh, pastors and musicians and sound people and <laughs> evangelists, all those things, to, to equip the people of God for, for the work of the ministry, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And tonight, we want to empower you. We want to equip you to be the church, to be Generation City Church. Imagine how effective we could be in reaching people if we actually owned the fact that we are Generation City Church. I want to invite you to stand tonight. I wonder if you would just close your eyes and just bow your head. Just Not that there's anything spiritual about that in any way, but purely so we can cancel that distraction. But tonight, if that's you and you have this sense in your heart that you want to respond to that and you want to be you want to shift your mindset. Perhaps you've had the right mindset. Perhaps a shift is required. There's no condemnation. There's no shame or anything like that because we're family. We're just having a family discussion and a family conversation tonight. Shaping culture of who we are and what we're about. But if that's you tonight, I'm not even going to look up. And you respond and it's like, God, that's the kind of Christian that I want to be. I want to I invite you to raise your hands right now in response to God. Father, you see every hand across this place. Father, tonight, God, we don't want to just be a bunch of people who come to church. We don't want to be a bunch of people who just come and do our religious duty. Father, we don't want to just be people that just come and, 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 and just um, are involved in church and, and that's it. But Father God, we actually desire to be people who function as your church. Father, we desire to be your hands and your feet. Father, the... St- Father, right now, you see every, every hand, and I pray that your anointing would rest heavily upon every person. Father, I thank you that in Isaiah 61, it says that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us because He has anointed us. Father, I pray that that anointing would fall upon every single person tonight. Father, I pray for confidence. Father, I pray for boldness. Father, I pray that our eyes would be open to see 
as you see. Father, let our ears be attentive to what it is that you want us to hear. Father, I pray that tonight that there would this would be a moment in our history at the start of this new era as a church where we would actually be the church that we would function the way that you designed the church to function. Father, I thank you that you're not looking down on us, God. I thank you there's no shame or condemnation. But God, tonight, we align our hearts with your purpose and your desire, God. I pray that you would flood us with your compassion. Father, flood us with your love. God, I pray that we would see as you see. God, I, I, I pray that, God, that, that you, would, you would cause us to see as you see that we would truly function as the church, as ministers of reconciliation, ministers of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.